welcome back to the Inner Network podcast where I chat with inspiring women about their career and advice to the next generation of founders, CEOs, and leaders in the industry. I'm your host, Kyla Kabelin, and today I'm joined by Rachel Carton. Rachel was most recently the Associate Director of Social Media at Bon Appetit Magazine and Epicurious, where she won Social Webbies three years in a row. She also received a coveted National Magazine Award for Best Social at a Magazine. There, she built the social media presence for Verticals, Healthy-ish, and Basically, two of Condé Nast's most successful sub-brand launches. Before Bon Appetit, Rachel was at a meal kit delivery startup called Plated. She now consults with brands, helping them create value-driven social strategies. As always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. But, you know, before we get into the thick of things, I'd love to know how you got started in your career. Um, You know, you were the social media director for Bon Appetit. You've also worked on, you know, other different projects and different companies. But I'd love to know just from your, you know, point of view, how everything kind of started for you since you graduated um, and, you know, how you've really just navigated through the industry, good and bad. I feel like I kind of credit like my beginnings of social media to like a blog that I started when I was in college. Um, I like am very embarrassed about it now. It's called the Pretty Palette and it was like a food and fashion Tumblr. But I sort of saw this like intersection of like my interests, which at the time, I guess, were food and fashion and um, technology and sort of like social media in the early stages. And when I was, you know, in school, I didn't study social media. I didn't study marketing. Um, I studied something called organizational studies. It's like kind of HR meets psychology, like looking at like the culture of organizations. And I actually wrote my thesis on sort of like the culture within restaurants using several restaurants that were in my college town as like examples. Um, So I sort of like in college, I feel like I was sort of like noodling in all these different areas. And then I was like, how can I combine? I like writing about food and I like blogging and kind of interacting with a following, even though it was a very small following. And I like restaurants. And so I think I just Googled social media food and I found this company called Plated that was just starting. I think they had just been written up in the Wall Street Journal. And I just like cold emailed them and they needed an intern. So I flew to New York and um, was an intern at Plated. And that's sort of like where I started to to seed my like social media interest. And like, I, I was also helping them with their HR and helping them with their customer service. So they definitely didn't like latch onto the social media as needing like a full-time person at that time. But I think I was sort of like trying to move them in that direction while sort of helping them across like lots of different things, which I feel like is how a lot of social media people start at first is like, I'll do your social and I'll do this and I'll do this. And let me convince you that it's worth it to have a person doing it full-time. So that's sort of like, the beginning, the beginning of my social media love affair, I would say. Yeah. And I've actually also, I've looked at your Instagram and I actually also just prior to our conversation, 
subscribe to your newsletter. So I'm super excited for that. And congratulations on launching that. Thank you. I also was really curious just regarding the food scene. And so you mentioned you were previously living in LA, that's where you grew up. And then of course, you moved to New York, and you started at Plated. You know, how is the food scene different, you know, from both places? And how did that really transcend into your work in social media? Yeah, I mean, I think LA, is just like a really you have to drive a lot. And there's lots of amazing food here. And when I was in Claremont, which is where I went to college, there was the San Gabriel Valley, which had amazing food. Um, So there's a ton of food in LA, but like really spread out. Whereas like, then I moved to New York and I was like, oh my God, it's like all at my fingertips. I felt like I could like walk to Chinatown and then I could walk uh, to like Williamsburg and try those restaurants. And it was just like so much just all packed in. And I, I don't know if it necessarily like influenced my social media or like my passion for food. It just felt like New York as like a new city to explore and live in felt really exciting. And just the way that it's all packed in has felt like almost overwhelming. But um, I think I've like always taken photos of my food and (laughs) been interested in that, like ever since I can honestly, like since I had Instagram, I scrolled back to like my first (laughs) few posts and it's like me when I studied abroad in Italy, just like I think I posted like the same photo 10 times thinking like it was just a photo editing app. And I was like trying to see which filter looked best on my ice cream. So um, I think I've just like always been so interested in in eating and, and documenting it and talking about it. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, and I that's what I love about New York as well. Like you mentioned, like everything's at your fingertips. You have so many different options, you know, right at your door. When it comes to social media specifically, because you've been in the industry for quite some time and, you know, you've had a lot of experience. How has it changed over the years that you have been in the industry when it comes to diversity and really just, you know, putting a voice in the industry for people of color and, you know, really just advocating for important issues. I think social media has changed a lot since I first started, but also not enough. I think when I first got into social like seven years ago, it was a lot of just like proving your worth and sort of, you know, making sure that a lot of the rules started out as internships, which I think for me, like I was able to like afford to do an internship, but not everyone can. So it's sort of a field that relies on like paying a low salary at first and also relies on interns at first. And I think that has changed a little bit, but it needs to change more. I think that the salaries for for social media managers are are really low. And I think that there needs to be a better job of valuing people and I think that just in terms of like diversity and something that I've been thinking about a lot is just like when I think about social media, like when I first got into it, I was sort of was like, I am the social media manager and I write the captions and I, I'm sort of the like voice of everything. And I think that when I sort of realized that like, it's a microphone that you can pass and one that you can get new perspectives and you can let people take over your account and you can have people film in their own homes and kitchens. And, you know, you can ask chefs as an example, what stories they want to tell on social and how they can just use the platform that you manage to tell their own story. And then of course, like paying contributors for this work, that type of social media is much better and richer and more interesting to me than just one that feels like it's coming from a sole singular voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that too, because I mean, for for one, like your first point about the internships, it's something that I've actually seen 
a few times, like on my LinkedIn, for example, where there are so many talented young people that are applying for these internships, but, you know, they really just aren't able to fully commit because they don't have the means to work for an unpaid internship. Like it's, it just doesn't make sense. And I think in terms of the change that does need to happen, you're absolutely right. And it's something that, you know, hopefully, you know, we will see companies adopting, you know, over the years. Um, when it comes to your personal social media presence and, you know, even other people's social media presence, when they're looking at their own personal feed, their own personal voice, you know, what advice do you have when it does come to making sure that, you know, you have your own brand identity for whatever you stand for? very prominent on whatever platform that you may be using? I mean, I think that a lot of people get stuck on like, well, if I talk about this, it like doesn't do well for me. Or if I post like this type of content, it's not going to perform. And I think it's just like, once again, like doing that sort of like deep dive on yourself of like, what do I care about? What is it important for me to talk about? What feels good when I talk about it and I get you know, into conversations with people about it and doing it based off of those sorts of like gut sort of instincts rather than, you know, if I was, if I was doing my personal social based off of just like what performed well, I'd have a like all pasta account and I would never be talking about anything else because I know that that does well, but that's not what actually makes a good, interesting social, like personal social media presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people do focus on metrics too in you know, it's so easy for them to focus on that too, because Instagram, for example, has the business setting where like, whereas 10 years ago, they, they didn't have that and people weren't able to look as granular as that. Um, So it's difficult when people have that data available to them. When it comes to navigating through the social media industry, specifically in, you know, the editorial industry, how was that like for you when it when it came to graduating from college and getting those internships and making those connections, did you find that it was difficult to, you know, make connections in an industry where, you know, connections do matter and your social media presence does matter? And, you know, for example, you don't have the blue check mark or you don't have a big following. Like, have you experienced any negativity around that? Yeah. I mean, I would say, it was really hard to find like mentors or people who had more experience in social media than I did. Um, It was like 2013 when I was graduating and it was a relatively new field in terms of like social media as a full-time profession. And I think like what I was taught was to network with people is like, okay, find someone who's like walked the path that you want to walk and then talk to them. And like the path I kept going down on like LinkedIn was like people who were CMOs or like heads of marketing, but there was no like director of social media really at the time. There was no, not a lot of like VPs of social media, like chief social officers, just like people in like big positions that had worked in social media. So I felt like it was really difficult. I felt like I was more just like learning from my peers and I would reach out to people who were my peers at other companies that I admired and brands that I just used and loved. And I thought that were killing it, but it was, it was tough because 
I would try and read a book about social media, but it already had felt sort of like out of date. And I would read articles, which were helpful, but I really just wanted to connect with people and hear people who had walked in a path that like I could eventually be on and be like, oh, one day, like I'll be a VP of social media somewhere. I'll be the chief social officer. Like that's, that's the dream. And I couldn't find anyone like that. So I think like one day, hopefully my like goal is to get there one day where there's our people and role models and mentors that are within social media. But when I was first starting out, it was really tough to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's difficult. I think some people too don't have the time, you know, if they are in that more senior role, they don't almost always, they don't have the time to spare to like connect or just have a lasting relationship that's more of a reoccurring basis as well. Now, have you found that there are, you know, better ways to kind of keep in touch with, you know, people in the industry, your network, like what are you finding that is a really great medium for doing that? I'm in like a Slack group of social media managers, which has been helpful and and cool. And I think just like, honestly, using Instagram and Instagram DMs to connect with um, social media managers. And yeah, I feel like for my newsletter, that's really my like main goal is just to interview other social media managers and hear from them on what it's like to work at whatever brand they're at on different topics within social media and expose them to, you know, subscribers who are interested in you know, having a mentor or want to be exposed to different people who work in social media in different areas of it. I really think there is a need for that. And I, hopefully I can somewhat provide it for people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm super excited to, you know, read your newsletter and just have it, you know, in my inbox, because I, I know that there's going to be very helpful content and just, you know, material that will help a lot of people. Um, so I'm super excited for that. Um, in terms of career learning moments, I feel like, you know, like you mentioned, you've been in the industry for quite some time and you've definitely had good or bad experiences, whatever they may be. What were the most important learning moments that you've taken from your career? Yeah, I think I have a few, but I think one of the biggest learnings for me um, was to like really trust my instincts. I feel like social media is one of those fun roles where kind of everyone thinks that if they, you know, have an Instagram, they're an expert in it. Um, as, like some of my previous, you know, coworkers or bosses, and there's just always like a lot of opinions on social media. And I think that I really had to learn to take feedback when it was valid, but also really stand up for my ideas and knowledge as someone who works in social media, like understands it from all the various sort of perspectives of it and really just like learn how to push back in a, an effective way. And then another one was just like, because something gets good engagement or like high engagement doesn't necessarily mean it's a win. I think an example of that was like a lot of brands this past week were posting the Bernie meme. And, you know, I think their numbers might have made it look like those were wins, but it can sometimes just look like a brand is like trying to capitalize on a trend for their own benefit. And just like not always using those numbers as your only guiding light in terms of, of posting. And I think yeah, I said that about your personal social as well, but just like, I am a fan of data and numbers and I look at it pretty often, but I just think like, don't let that be your only sort of only sort of like metric that you're, you're looking at. Um, when it comes to just like your work-life balance with social media, of course, you 
you know, or previously the social media director, like you've been in social living and breathing social for quite some time. How do you personally balance your personal social with what you do for work? Um, and how do you really just balance your overall mental health when it comes to social media? I'm like probably the worst person to ask this. <laughs> I like am so bad. Um, and I, but I feel like I did just have sort of like a wake up call. So maybe it's a good, uh, a good person to ask, but I, I, I looked at my, like, um, what's it called? The like screen, oh, time. screen time. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and I was like getting up to like eight or nine hours a day. I'm like, that's the entire day. So I spent the entire day on my phone. Um, so I, I think now I'm at the point where anything that I'm doing, where I'm not looking at my phone, I like think of as self-care. I'm like, wow, it's so good. I like cooked for an hour. I wasn't looking at my phone. And like, that's like a very sad thing. But I think that, I think starting with just being how aware you are, you're on your, uh, you are of how you are on your phone of how long you are on your phone, like is a good first step. But I think that I try and do a lot, like when I'm doing activities that aren't work I like to run or I like to cook and things that are really like I cannot be looking at my phone because if I sit and watch tv I'll like end up on my phone so I think I unplug and really try and find activities that are off screen um but I'm working on it and maybe we can talk like in six months when I've like really made some progress (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm the same way I looked at my screen time and I was like this is not this is not okay. (laughs) And I wrote in my, and I wrote in my journal, I was like, I have to leave my phone downstairs from now on during the workday because I can't look at it. And I recently got an Apple watch and I was like, maybe this will help because I'm not completely unplugged, but I still have like, if an emergency, you know, comes through, then I, I know. So, but it's kind of sad that I'm thinking that way because it definitely shouldn't be the case. (laughs) When I was at BA, my contact lens, like prescription changed, I think three times. Um, I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Like workers comp. Like, (laughs) can I, maybe. (laughs) I feel like it should be. I know. (laughs) Um, I want to just take it back to your, career and your specific positions that you've had, I feel like in social media, a lot of people do look at it as sometimes a glamorized job. You know, you get to work with these really great companies or you're on the client side where you're working for a really great company. Um, What has your experience been like in those particular social media roles when it comes to your day-to-day? Like, what does that look like when it comes to your job Um, And what can people expect when, you know, or if they want to follow a similar career path to you? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's not that glamorous. Um, I feel like wearing so many hats. And I think that that's like where there's like a misconception about social and it's, you know, creative directing for like assets for posts. It is copywriting. It is like graphic design. It's working with like an advertising team and like making money through social media. It's like so many different things. And I think that it's just much harder and more complicated than it looks. I also would say, I think this is like broader than that, but if you're good at any of those things and like copywriting or graphic design, um, like brand strategy, like, and you are thinking about getting into social and you're like, I don't have any experience. Like you do. And I think that you shouldn't like downplay that or like let that deter you from applying 
to a job within social. When Emily Schultz applied for BA, she was a photo editor before. And I like loved that she had photo experience and she knew BA and like was able to, she was like a fan of the brand so she could like speak to it and like got it. And like, I was like, I can teach some of the more tactical social stuff. And I, and I really liked that she had that sort of eye for photography. Um, So I'd say like, there's so many different parts that go into social media that having just like specific social media experience or studying social media is like not even half the battle and like don't be deterred from trying to like apply to a job. Yeah, it's so different too when you do study. Like I didn't, I graduated only a few years ago and you know, when you're studying social media and you're studying marketing in college, it's completely different than what you actually do in your job. Yeah. And, you know, specifically what I do for advertising, like I had no idea that I'm going to be looking at numbers and data all the time doing pivot tables. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's different. And it's nice to know that there is somewhat of a background, but not so concrete that you have to have this or you have to have that as long as you know the brand, you're, you believe in the brand, um, you know, all of the other things can kind of be taught. Totally. When it comes to motivation, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they're in their particular career for a few years or maybe even less, but there are a lot of times where you either have burnout or you're really just not inspired anymore when it comes to your particular role. What do you do when you are feeling, you know, stagnant in your career and you really just want to change? Like what motivates you to keep going in those scenarios? I know this is like a backwards, like answer that would probably come from like a phone addict like myself, but I feel (laughs) like looking at social media and like engaging in social media honestly makes me feel inspired. And particularly with like a platform like TikTok, where I, when I left BA, we hadn't started a TikTok. So I haven't like done a ton of work for a brand with TikTok. So I, when I go on there, it's fun to watch it and consume it. And also sort of like, think about like, hmm, like if I was working for a brand right now, what would I be doing on TikTok? What's working? Like, I love sort of like diving into platforms like that. And I also find the creators on TikTok to be really inspiring and funny. And they're just sort of like going beyond what I could ever imagine, like is possible on social media. So I feel like, yeah, just consuming and going down like weird, like rabbit holes, like the TSA Instagram or like just like weird sort of social media rabbit holes, like keep me feeling inspired. And oftentimes with like, even though I've worked in food for most of my career, like it's non-food accounts and non-food creators that inspire me and give me ideas for like, hmm, how could we apply that? Or like, how could we like, be inspired by what this person's doing or even work with this person who might not work in food, but like has this sort of like funny take on a certain thing. And I think like, yeah, unfortunately consuming social media is how it keeps me motivated to work in social media. (laughs) I feel like I'm the same way because there's so many talented people out there that I'm like scrolling through my social media and I have my inner network Instagram account that I only follow like people that are super inspiring or I really just, you know, want to follow what they're doing. And that honestly is what keeps me motivated to continue. And it's, yeah, it's funny that we say that because I feel like social media can be taken in a toxic path, but it can also be taken in a really great path and a really beneficial path. So I love that. Um, When it comes to brand strategy, because, you know, you've been on the brand side and you've seen the ins and outs of how brand strategy and brand voice kind of get put together in your eyes, what makes a good 
brand strategy and what are like some common mistakes that people or brands do when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, I think on specifically on social media and like brand strategy, I think having just like a very clear understanding of like, this is what we talk about on social and these are the topics that we cover and these are the ways that we tell them. And I think like I see a lot of social media pages that are like a little all over the place. They don't feel clearly like strategizing how they can talk about their different brand values and different brand stories. And the way that I've sort of like been working with brands right now is thinking about like brand franchises and sort of like recurring stories that you could be telling. Um, And I think a lot of my favorite brands to follow on social media have these sorts of recurring stories and recurring sort of like themes. Um, It also helps for the social media manager because it's like, okay, these are like the buckets that we're always going to like work with. And if it's outside of that, then we like have a separate brainstorm, but like it keeps things very consistent and it keeps things, I don't know. I think when I think about social media right now, it's like information overload. There's so much going on. And like, when I see a post from a brand, I'm like, oh, I know what this series is. And I'm like, it's Tuesday. So it's going to happen again. I think we did that with like Bon Appetit Test Kitchen Tuesday. It was like, we encouraged people to like tune in every Tuesday to watch. And I really liked that aspect of like, kind of like this, like programmatic um, approach to social media and to brand. And would you say that something that makes brands like stand out is really having, I guess, consistent content that really does engage with you know, your audience and your following, but that adds value? Like, would you say that's what really makes a brand stand out? Yeah. And I think also putting some like personality and like people behind the brand as well. Like, I think that the brands that I think about that I like really resonate with the most or that I feel like I I know the most is when they've kind of like put a creator or a person behind the social media. So I think just sort of creating these recurring series and recurring personalities that people can get to know the brand through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because people love that. People love to, I guess, kind of be in the know with those kind of things. Like, oh, my favorite brand has this thing on, you know, every Tuesday and they love keeping up with that stuff. So yeah, I definitely agree. When it comes to career and networking, I know we touched on it a bit, but, you know, there are a lot of people that want to get into social media and you know the the career that you have are ones that people aspire to follow and mimic so what advice do you have for individuals that do want to follow a similar career path and is there anything that you specifically would have you know done differently yeah I mean I feel like the way you know that I network was really just like looking up people on LinkedIn for the brands that I love and then DMing them or messaging them. And usually they will be nice enough to get coffee with you or like a Zoom coffee. And I really try and like any like student or somebody who's like early in their social career, I will um, usually try and like have a 30 minute Zoom with them, especially like right now during the pandemic. Um, So I think like don't be afraid to reach out to people. They'll respond. If there's anybody that's like going to respond to a DM, it's a social media manager. So I would say like reach out and get that 30 minute coffee. And then, you know, who knows what that could turn into. I have people that like reach out to me with job openings a lot. And so just, you don't know the types of connections that can kind of come from that. And then I, yeah, I think like consuming resources going to like, if there's networking type meetups, I think that those are always helpful. Um, But yeah, I would say like, to me, it was like always like, what's a brand that I love? 
okay, let me look up who's running that person, that social. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to offer to get a virtual coffee, I guess now is what we do um, with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've done that as well. And like it, it does work, but in a more genuine way than like reaching out on LinkedIn, for example, like you are following what they're doing, their projects, and you're really supporting them. How can someone make it not seem like you're like overbearing and like wanting, you know, a reoccurring like monthly meeting? Like it's, it's more so it's not a mentorship, but more so like you are you want that contact, but how, how can somebody build that relationship without making it seem like you're really just wanting something out of them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just about having that first meeting. If there is like genuine sort of like good flow of conversation, like felt like, you know, a good match. I think, you know, keeping that person updated on the work they're doing, changes in their career, changes to their job. Like I would be, you know, I would love to hear from some of the people that I've gotten coffee with. I'm just like, oh, they're here now. And like, maybe that will spark something like for me of like, oh, that's cool that they're in that industry now. Like I should connect them with this person. So I think it's like keeping, if you get coffee with somebody like keeping them abreast of like what you are up to but not in like a hey can you I don't know read over this thing or like it's like not super asking them for much but I think like unless you have that kind of relationship that you've built but um I think at the very minimum like keeping them updated on like career changes and what you're up to is a very a very good idea mm-hmm. yeah and I mean people know when it's you know when it's overbearing and you, you can tell if somebody doesn't want to talk to you. So it's, you know, taking it, you know, with a grain of salt and just really just navigating through it um, mindfully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we end things off, um, I love asking everybody that comes on what their pinch me moment has been. So I'd love to know, you know, can you recall one? Is there something that, you know, has been memorable throughout your career? Yeah, um, I think that my pinch me moment is... Um, at BA, we won a national magazine award for best social. Um, and like we were in a category with National Geographic and they're amazing on social and Atlas Obscura. And I think it felt like really good um, to be recognized sort of as best in class at such a big award ceremony like that. And I honestly wish I didn't care about stuff like that. Um, but I feel like ever since I've gotten into social, I'm like always sort of like trying to prove the like ROI and like the worth of social. And I've had to like, you know, do HR and customer service just to like convince a brand that I should do social full time. So like bringing home, I think an award like that really validated to me and hopefully to other companies that social is like a really worthy investment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's huge. So, I mean, I know, I don't know when that happened, but congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I just wanted to say thank you again for taking the time, you know, to chat with me and I'm super excited to be subscribed to your newsletter. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out for that and I'll be linking that in the show notes. So thank you so much. And it was so nice chatting with you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It was great to chat.